Welcome to another edition of the Game Recognized Game Podcast with RLJ and Kev. I'm KEB, that's RLJ, and we are the gentlemen advancing the melanin evolution. Where evolution is revolution. Brother Jay, we still kicking it in my favorite month of the year. Yes, sir. All things black. All black everything. We're rooting for everything black, everybody black. Black love in particular. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, black excellence. Black excellence. Specifically. And black mental wellness. Black mental wellness, man. That's really the driver behind uh black love and black excellence. Like you gotta be hey, black mental wellness is is the is the catalyst to your towards your excellence and your yeah. ability to love, man. Think about that. We put our priorities. Our priorities be different sometimes, man, but it's it, it goes back to health overall. Yes, sir. Yes, Greatest sir. Greatest wealth that the... we can have, mentally and physically. Man, um, you know, so I, I really, I really enjoy the overarching month of February, man. But it's been a lot of black excellence in in the news recently. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of black excellence in the news, man. Um. Viola Davis, she is an EGOT. She's an EGOT, like EGOT. EGOT uh, recipient now. I didn't even know she had a, 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 she won a Grammy, man, until I saw it. And I'm like, okay, well, how, where, where did the, where did the music uh, artistry come in? And um, she won a Grammy for a uh, story, short story, a narrative. Mm. Okay. Which is kind of dope. Yeah, I saw it and I and I was thinking the same thing, but instead of me investigating, I was ready just to go straight to celebrating. I was Yeah, like, man. I cuz I just think I just think um if you are an artist in general, like the egot means that any space, any place I am excellent. Mm-hmm. And so um what John Legend has an egot, Whoopi Goldberg I'm just thinking of the black ones that I know off the top of my head. Whoopi Goldberg. Um, is Quincy? I think Quincy Jones, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I gotta I gotta put it in the Google machine real quick. But I just thought it was dope though. Like Viola Davis got it, he got man. Like <laughs> that's 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 like that's that's something that that's like a it's not really a lifetime achievement, but I guess, you know, if you have lived an interesting lifetime, mm-hmm. that is considered a lifetime achievement. That means like I'm dope at anything. It's like if you were a two sport athlete or something like that. John Legend's on there. You mentioned Quincy Jones. Uh, oh, J-Hud, Jennifer Hudson. Jennifer Hudson. Yeah, Harry Belafonte. I mean, like, like yo, James Earl Jones. Like, think, think about that, man. Like, that's heavy. That's heavy. Like that's like the greatest of the great of like black black excellence across uh you know theater mm-hmm. entertainment like damn that's 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 a that's some good company man James Earl Jones yeah that's some good company and so um you know shout out to Viola Davis man for um winning uh, a Grammy to complete the EGOT. And for those that are unfamiliar 
with the EGOT. It's a, you know, it's a man-made award <laughs> that we got to name something to try to identify the greatness. And so the EGOT is the Emmy for television. Um, it's the Grammy for music. Uh, it's an Oscar for um, acting. And it's also a Tony Award for theater. And so that means like I'm the baddest of the baddest, best of the best on any stage. That's kind of cold to me, man. Um, then we had LeBron James, man. LeBron James becomes the all-time scoring leader in the history of the NBA, mm -hmm. surpassing the great Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who held the record for almost 40 years after uh, eclipsing Wilt Chamberlain. And so LeBron, I mean, it's kind of a, a momentous thing for me just to watch LeBron maturate in the league and to have that level of pressure on you at 18 years old, man. Like, think about what you was doing at 18, man. Like, did you have the pressure... <laughs> Did you have the pressure of the world on your shoulders, like to be excellent at one thing or another? No, I just needed to not become a statistic. Yeah, I like. I guess I was just trying. I was. I was. It was the bar was kind of low for me, man. I didn't, didn't want to end up in jail <laughs> or in hell. Graduate from Look, high school, jail or jail hell. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, at least graduate from high school, man. You know, you know, get an apartment, a car. Right. <laughs> the bar was low for me, bro. And so to be, you know, to be walking in the path to try to attempt to become you know, one of the greatest basketball players to ever play the game, and that pressure's on you at 18, man. So I just thought it was dope, the fact that he maintained a level of excellence mm -hmm. for two decades, man. Like, that's an accomplishment in itself. We're not, we're not talking about the championships and the debate of who's the greatest winner. We're not necessarily talking about who's the greatest shooter or uh, the, the greatest um, skilled position athlete in the history of the NBA. But to be a scorer of that magnitude and to eclipse 30, by the time LeBron, well, he eclipsed uh, 38,000 points, 38,000, almost 400 points to eclipse uh, Kareem. But by the time he's done playing, Brother Jay, the brother going to have maybe 44,000 points. And to maintain a career scoring average of 27 points a game mm -hmm. over 20 years, like I'm, I'm blown by the commitment that is required just to play an NBA game. Yeah. Let alone to be excellent over that extended amount of time. I think um, when Kareem, in one of his last years in the league, he averaged like 15 points a game. LeBron James is averaging 30 this year. And I'm not saying that he's, he's greater than MJ or greater than Bill Russell or greater than even Kareem. I'm just thinking like, yo, you got to admire and appreciate the commitment to greatness and excellence yeah. over 20, 20 years. Because if it wasn't for basketball, then you wouldn't have 
all the, all of the philanthropic things that he's doing and the movies and all the entertainment uh, mogul and platform that he's developed. And so what kills me about the whole ordeal is in, even in the moment of a, a great feat, like people are trying to devalue the accomplishment. Well, he's still not better than Michael Jordan or he's still not better than Kareem or he's still not a winner like Bill Russell. And to me, man, it just seems like when black people are excellent, we we got to bring them down a peg in order to compare them to black people that are also excellent, that maybe we identify with more, we like more, appreciate more. And I don't think it's right, Brother Jay. Like, for example, we just had a Super Bowl, man, with two black quarterbacks for the first time ever, two black starting quarterbacks, man. Patrick Mahomes for the Kansas City Chiefs and Jalen Hurts for the Philadelphia Eagles. And those brothers played their ass off in the game, man. I was sad that it had to be a winner and it had to be a loser. But when you just talk about excellence in general, like in that form, then yeah, we pit great, we pit greatness against greatness because there has to be a winner, right? But let's just say Pat Mahomes won this year. And Jalen Hurts wins maybe the next two Super Bowls. Eventually, the conversation is going to be like, well, who's better, Jalen Hurts or Pat Mahomes? And like ignoring the process by which they became great or by, by which they are executing their level of greatness or excellence. And for me, man, is it is it me? Or do you feel like we do that with everything? Like Black men, we do that with everything. Well, who's who? Who's greater, uh, Malcolm or Martin? Who's greater, it, Pat Mahomes or Jalen Hurts? Who's greater, MJ or LeBron James? That that comes from, and you know we could we could talk about this for days, years, months, even right. It comes from this base of if someone is superior, then someone has to be inferior. And I always have the conversation with individuals. If you have someone that has reached a pinnacle of greatness for whatever village or neighborhood community standards, is there only one seat at the table? And if there's only one seat at the table, then we need to figure out and start to have the conversation wherever we are having these conversations to ask why, why is there only room for one at the table? And if that's the case, then we need to elongate the table, make a bigger table so more chairs can fit. Because we have this conversation, whether it's sports, whether it's academics, someone has to be first. Have to be. One person has to be the winner. And if someone comes up and does it or someone surpasses them, oh, they were good, but they didn't do it like this because blah, 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 blah. Right. Talking about the form and talking about, you know, the style and the grace and all these other things. And it's like. We we start this indoctrination at an early age because I even hear children using this. 
oh, you know, she the best ball player out there or, or he's the best quarterback. And like, yeah, can't nobody do it like him. And it's like, OK, cool. We aren't taught to be more intentional with our words or to say. Yes, he could be the best. But that doesn't mean that the person beside him can't be the best either, right? They can be the best for the team. They can, like, but, like, we have this problem of being able to acknowledge everyone's greatness without dimming the light of someone else. And right? and, and think about it. You know, the, the Super Bowl debate of about who's the greatest quarterback like people are trying to put Patrick Mahomes saying, well, yeah, he's the he's he's top three greatest quarterback of all time, just based on what he's done over the last six years in the yeah. start of his career. I think I think the the barbershop talk is is flattering for him, but at the same time, he's only been in the league six years. Like before we put a stamp on the level of greatness that he's that he achieves, let's let him live it first. Right. <laughs> like le legit let's let them live it you know um well and i will say to that too right we we have a we have this thing especially within the black community you're great as long as you are great the second you have a bad day it's like oh greatness trash. disappears yeah right? you, you trash all of a sudden conversation think of russell wilson when he went to denver you can only be as strong as your team right and so like there are other variables there, but most of the critics are individuals who were local town celebrities for that midget league in the 80s. They ain't play in high school because they had grades or they have skill. They didn't play in J uh, JCO or college or you know, everyone's saying they was going pro, but like you, you, you didn't make it out of midget league, bro. But here you are every week at the barbershop talking trash about individuals who have put in work, going back to what you said and commitment to hone in in their skills and their talent and their gift and their craft to be great. But we have a lot of critics coming from different areas that aren't qualified to be critics, right? Like, we both worked at an organization and one of their buzzwords was feedback. And one thing that I said to my team was like, everyone's not qualified to give you feedback. Right. Because a lot of times feedback is a hot take. It's a hot take. Right. It's it's. Um, uh, what do they call it? Feedback. What's another phrase? I, I'm drawing a blank. Constructive criticism. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right? They, it's, oh, well, let me give you some constructive criticism. And I said, yo, you got to stop taking constructive criticism from people that have never constructed anything. Right? And so I'll use Beyonce as an example. I'm not a diehard Beyonce fan. I acknowledge her gift. I say that she is a powerhouse vocalist. I enjoy some of her earlier stuff. Hell of an entertainer, man. Oh, absolutely. Hell of an entertainer. Now, the music that she makes isn't for me, right? Like, can't sit and just cruise with it. Like, okay, it's it's made for a certain audience. Will I take that and say that she's not great? No, I will not. I think she is among the greatest of all times in terms of entertainers, right? Like, who else can have a 
can sell out a stadium concert and have people fainting, similar to that of Michael Jackson. I remember uh, there was one video of Michael Jackson. The nigga just hits the stage and you got people fainting. Yo, it stood there. It stood there. So, Super Bowl performances, man. So, like, you know, you talk about the, the Beyonce thing uh, and her level of greatness. Yeah. You know, but, in, you know, Rihanna just performed at the Super Bowl. And then in order for people to elevate Rihanna, folks felt like they had to denigrate Beyonce. And it was, no, and the it, and it's, it's crazy to me. And the thing is, it's like, oh, well, you know, her, you know, if you didn't like her performance because maybe that's not your thing, cool. But then, but don't sit up there and say, well, yeah, the only pe- only reason people saying she performed well is because she was pregnant. Like, it, it be the slick stuff. It's like, yo, this is the fact that she's pregnant performing at that stage on movable stage platforms. I, I was like, I was impressed off that alone. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was it was so many things to take in. And I and I had a conversation with and I, I I've I had to hold my response. And I checked myself. Um, because I was like, don't just come in the room swinging. But I did ask a group of black women. I said, so I've listened to your conversation and not one of you all acknowledged the gift, the courage, and the greatness that it took for her to do this. Everyone was talking about it. Why she wear this and what she do this for? It? And if she was pregnant, she shouldn't have been doing this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, no one acknowledged the space that for 19 or 20 minutes, everyone had their eyes on a black woman in the middle of one of the most viewed events of the year and of history. And her and her 19 minutes was viewed by more people than people that actually watched the game. And it's like, I don't think you're acknowledging the stage that she was afforded. Right? Like, we we always gotta we we always gotta have a competition. Someone always has to be the best, and it's like okay, cool. But the people that we have out here, especially within the community, that are becoming experts or becoming like, oh, this is the, this is the best. This is the best for you, right? Like more than one thing can be true at once. Beyonce gave a hell of a performance. Now I will say, I have not heard to this day a rendition of the Star Spangled Banner that has evoked more emotion than nippies oh man now now i I don't think you ever will though it's like it's like moments in time where like god just god just put the anointing on people and that's it's their anointing that's it it, man you you can't you can't duplicate it right it's 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 supposed to be an experience a lived experience and if you missed it or you can't watch the video like you, you just you just you just missed it right Marvin Gaye had a smooth version that he sang for, I think it was the NBA Finals. Yeah, NBA, the All, NBA All-Star. All-Star. Yeah, that, yeah. that was smooth. Could I put those two together and say his best version was better than Whitney's? No. What I will say is that he did his thing. She did her thing. They're both sitting at the table. I think to your point, we got to get to the point within the community that we acknowledge that everybody has a level of greatness. And in order for me to acknowledge your light, I don't have to dim someone else's. Like, there's enough room, there's enough space in this place for all of us to shine. And everyone's light is not going to shine the same way someone else's, right? If that was the case, we wouldn't have been made as individuals. 
And so you comparing Rihanna to Beyonce, like they're in two different, they're in two different arenas. They're, they're performing and their music is to two different audiences, right? But like the, the backing of who they are as an entertainer and as a business person, like completely different. And so to compare and contrast is unfair to both parties involved. I think so. Because I think at the end of the day, they respect each other as entertainers. Because they know what it takes to get there. And Absolutely. To it, and to do it on that level. Like, you never, if, when you think about this, the GOAT debate, right? And you, I've seen interviews with Michael Jordan or Kareem or Bill Russell. And they say, well, who's the greatest of all time? Even Kobe. Even Kobe. They never, they never say I'm the greatest. What they say is each great player had their era of greatness. Same, same level of greatness looks different because of the era that you came up in. Absolutely. And Mike, Michael Jordan be the first to tell you that Dr. J was the prototype of his game. Yeah. Though Dr. J never achieved the level of the level of the same level of accolades as Michael Jordan, he he was the blueprint for it. Yeah. The same way that James Brown was the blueprint for Michael Jackson and Prince. Don't necessarily mean that just because Prince and Michael Jackson became so great that James Brown was never great. Yeah. Or they were greater than James Brown. You can't have that level of great greatness, especially if somebody adopted the blueprint. That doesn't mean that the person that came before you is any less of, of great. That's it. Yeah. And so I, I don't, it, it's just, it's very strange to me because I just don't see us doing that with white folks, man. Mm, that's a good point. Like, I don't see, I don't see somebody that's a Babe Ruth fan, like shitting on M Mickey Mantle. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they don't use, they don't use, but they use and. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. He's great and yeah, he's great. I I don't see I don't see um folks that's a, a Larry Bird fan shitting on Kevin McHale. It was like both of them some bad boys. I just I, I never we I never I never see it, man. And it's 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 strange to me because I don't even think we do that with white artists. Mm. Like Madonna, Madonna is great regardless of generation. You know, people that like Madonna, they think Madonna is great regardless of the decade that they identify the most with her career. Me, I'm an '80s Madonna's fan. You know, I could, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you what Madonna did the last five or ten years. <laughs> me neither. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, but at the at the at the same time. Um, and what's the other what's the other uh white female singer that I like, man? Um Katie Perry. Katy Perry. Katy Perry. Katy Perry, right? You know, pop, you know, pop icon kind of yep. thing. Yep. You know, great for her era. Does it mean that she better than Madonna? Not necessarily, but I could I respect both of them for having the same level of grace. But you never hear, you never hear white folks talk about. X was better. X is better than the other. It's like they appreciate the the collective, and that's that's and that's and it's strength in numbers, right? It, it's going back to the short 
or the the small table like how is it that we have all this greatness but there's only room for one at the table right this this ain't the throne of god this this is the greatness that god has provided his children to to operate in so why do we have a small table malcolm or martin both right one chose this way one chose the other way and then towards the end of malcolm's life he started to be peaceful and to see like ah maybe brother martin had it right all along right and then mlk and became the militant one towards the came, end of his life came the, and so it, it it's we gotta get out of the space of comparison and get into the space of appreciating and celebrating the greatness bro and this is even even as as we are engaging with the next generation, right? I was at a middle school basketball game and you had adults talking about who was better than who and why they were the best and why this individual, oh yeah, they good. But I'm just sitting here thinking like, yo, these are kids. Ain't nobody these, guaranteed to go to the league yet. <laughs> these are these are kids, right? They like let them play the game and like enjoy the game and you should be clapping and supporting both size right they're children they're not making money off of this like if anything else they're working on their skills in hopes of if they're going to college and they want to play basketball in college securing an academic scholarship but like if that doesn't work out like they're they're still children right i'm thinking about individuals that i hear especially at youth events talking about a kid as if he's not a kid or talking to like criticizing the young girls playing this. Like I, I get so confused. Like, where is this coming from? Why, why is this okay? Why is this normal? Why are we getting into baits over children's ability? Mm-hmm. Like let's, let's get this conversation or this passion into places and spaces that we are needed. Right. When we think about what's happening in Florida, it's an, it's involving our children because AP African American studies, right? The curriculum has changed. Like I use the same passion for this. And I get it. Everyone's not aware of a lot of the things that's happening, but we're so zeroed in on picking one. There has to be the one. And I think our focus needs to be on instead of being the best, being the best that you can be in the space that you are in. But ultimately, you want to be invited to the table of greatness. And once you're there, like greatness also requires humility. So anyone that is at this table understands that, yo, once we reach this level of greatness, we didn't get this greatness um, because one, just merely on our ability but like of the inspiration that we are providing to others. Yeah, you're a good ball player, but are you a good humanitarian? Right? Like Muhammad Ali, he was bragging, I'm the best, I'm the greatest. Self-affirmations, but he was also showing up in other spaces and places for the black race. Like back to validate it in their eyes. Yeah, yeah. yes. Not, I'm going to back it up. Not only am I saying this, I'm showing you this, but now I'm going to speak this. And so we got to get to the point where we where we, we where we think that there's only one seat at the table and we got to start finding the temper to make a bigger table because this conversation has been going on for decades 
since we left the plantation, bro. Like, but do you think? Do you think it's because we we have uh, indoctrinated ourselves in a very capitalistic Western civilization way of thinking, where it's 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 I instead of we, it's me instead of you, and um to the to the victor goes the spoils the because i i you know black people we ain't designed that way man we're we're collaborative we're collaborative people oh absolutely you and, know what i'm saying and that left us that was stripped away from us because they knew if if i could indoctrinate them into a certain space and place there would be no rebellion they would compete against themselves instead of trying to get free, right? And so all of this is set up to be a distraction. If we can focus on and, and make it a priority of our collective effort, do what you can when you go to these youth events to make sure that everybody that's on the hardwood gets encouraged, gets the support they need so that they all can be the best, that they all can be great. I think we'll start to see a change, whether it's academics, whether it's theater, regardless of what it is, right? Stop putting into the individual's heads, especially as children, that there only can be one winner. No, I'm not telling you to give out ribbons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's a, I don't think this is about the participation this, trophy this. discussion. It's more, yeah. I think for me, Brother Jay, it's more so giving people the space. To you know, work through the muck, you know what I'm saying. To work through the stuff that you gotta work through in order to be great. You know, there's gonna be some, there's gonna be some, uh, some life lessons, and along the journey, you're gonna have some um, instances where you know the outcome won't always align with what you had hoped for. Correct. But give people the space. To do that, you know, and I, I, I'll give, I give an example, and it is petty, but it's more so like the finals debate with LeBron in the finals. Yo, the, the dude's been to 10 finals, something like that, and got four rings. People look at that as like, oh, well, you're a loser. You got a losing percentage in the finals. But he wasn't the only one playing, right? And it's what well, you weren't the only one playing, but also in certain certain nights, it ain't your night. It's, it's certain days, it ain't your day. It ain't your day. <laughs> right. You know, people, people, and unfortunately, Michael Jordan would not have become Michael Jordan if he hadn't taken all them ass whippings early in his career. But if he came, if Michael Jordan came up in this era, then he would have been scrutinized for getting beat up on by the Celtics and getting beat up on by the Pistons. And at some point, even getting beat up on by like the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Milwaukee Bucks, right? But he would not have been able to uh, have the space to have those lessons to to learn how to win. And if you can't learn how to win, then you can't learn how to overcome different obstacles during a loss, so that you know the feeling of losing. And you know that you want to win more. Well, I mean, I think a part of being great is recognizing that there's there's lessons in your losses. Yes. 
and being able to capitalize on your circumstances, maximizing the moments and getting to the place where greatness can can reign, right? Like you, no one is great just for the sake of, I mean, like you can't be great just for the sake of being great. Like you have to do something. Yeah, it's, 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 it's commitment, it's patience, it, it's uh, ambition. And it's it requires discipline. a lot. I remember my mentor told me, he's like, you got what it takes, but the next level is going to take all you got. And I think greatness requires like rinse dry and repeating, but it also requires you to pass down what you got so that other people can make it to the table. And I think a lot of us, we we get stuff and we hold on to it because we don't want anybody else that like, I remember someone said, yo, I, I want you to be good, but I don't want you to be better than me. So I can't give you all my secrets. And I said, well, fair. Do you do you run out of secrets? Like, should you be acquiring more for the next level? Like you're on a different level than me. Like the questions that I'm asking you, this this was when you first started out. You've been in the game for 30 some years. I just asked you a simple question. Oh, man, I can't tell you. I can't tell you my secrets of the trade. See, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. That's the problem, right? And so that's why a whole lot of individuals they 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 think they're building a legacy, but really they're just establishing a tombstone. Because there's nothing going to be here because you're not willing to share and have people connected to you. My job as a mentor is that the individuals that I mentor reach a level beyond what I've reached. And so I'm pouring into individuals that are trying to get to the level that I was once at or that I'm currently at. And making sure that they go greater than what I what I was able to do when I was in the spaces and places that they're operating in. That's my job. If ever is if as a mentor, none of my mentees surpass where I've been, then I'm not a mentor. Yeah. Yeah. I look at it almost as if like a parent, a parent don't want to give up the shine and, and, and can see uh, the spotlight to their child. <laughs> Happens like, every day, B. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like I, I, I'm not gonna give. I'm not gonna tell you everything because I don't want you to shine me. I'll shine me. But and I think that comes from a lot of spaces and places. You have individuals who attach what they do or what they've accomplished or their skills to their identity. So if someone else can come in and bake a cake better than me. I don't really have an identity. I don't really have usefulness. I don't have purpose. People won't call me anymore, right? And so then, like, this is why I'm here. So I, I laugh because there's people, you know, in, in your family. They're not going to tell you their recipes. Oh, I can't give you this because then you're going to use it. And it's because people's identity are, like, they're attached to certain things. And there's a fear that if I give it to someone and they do it better than me, then I won't be needed anymore. Wow, that goes back to value. If I'm not, if I'm not considered the greatest, anything less than that, I don't have value. Wow, that's kind of ill, brother Jay. Um, because when we think about cancel culture, like you, you, you know, you want to cancel people for making mistakes. So it's something, you know, they, the mistakes could be deliberate. They could, you know, we don't, we don't know that. But ideally, we we want to cancel people for making a mistake or doing something that's abnormal or doing something that's out of the norm. Um, and then if it's if it's like a malicious intent attached to it, it's like it goes into overdrive. But ideally, you want to cancel people for making mistakes. 
Yeah. And, and, and to win means that you haven't made any mistakes. According to certain people's standards, but I also, I'm very careful. You know, we had, when, when we started the podcast five seasons ago. Yeah. That's crazy. We were, we were, that's when Robert was in the headlines and we was talking about, we're not giving up music. We not, we not like, Someone's like, oh, well, they did X, Y, and Z. And I was like, so did your uncle, but you still keep inviting them to the family functions. And then you now people cussing me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> people mad at me because I'm just like, well, you just introduced me to your 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 cousin, your uncle, and your grandfather. They all on the sex offender list. And y'all keep letting these kids come. Like, you, mm-hmm. you, oh, well, he's supposed to bump. There's no, there's, there's, granted, when you were in the spotlight, there should be a higher level of consciousness or responsibility that you have to the community. I hear you because you're on an elevated platform. And so elevated platform requires elevated responsibility. Sure. We can have this conversation at a later date, but ultimately at the end of the day, these individuals are people that may or may not have had proper guidance and may or may not have healed from trauma that they are experiencing and trauma, right? Will rear its head. You think you have it all figured out, it's hidden, it's buried. No, baby, you didn't bury, you planted it. And so now it's growing in every aspect of your life, of which you you can't get in front of a tree and hide it. And it shows up. It shows up in game seven of a finals game. Hello? (laughs) It shows up first round of the playoffs. It shows up. It shows up. Uh, your first live performance in turn in front of in front of a world audience. <laughs> yeah, we speak about this cancel culture, and I was and and I always ask this question: like, okay, cool, you you canceling this person for this, but your best friend just did X, Y, and Z, and you riding with them. You not canceling them, and you knew they was cheating on their husband. You you knew that they was doing X, Y, and Z. You didn't cancel them, right? Like we we can't be selective to where we skip our front door and, and try to cancel someone else's residence is like, nah, you keep letting Lottie Dottie and anybody come into your house, cross this door sill every night. But then you got the audacity to judge and adjudicate someone that you see on the platform. And she's an entertainer. She get paid. She, she gets paid to do this. What are you getting out of it? Other. never mind. That's another conversation. For hey, another man, day. Yeah. You know, I just, Hey man, I just, I just, the, the clip won't finish, so I just let you keep going. You know, I just, hey man, some, sometimes I, I take it from me. I know when somebody got a full clip, man. Sometimes you just gotta let them keep. You gotta let them empty the clip, and keep it moving. That's just well, that bothers me, especially when it comes to council culture, right? Because you got all these qualifications now. You got ethics and values. Yeah, I had this conversation with someone from undergrad. I was like, now you got ethics and values. You you didn't have that when we was an undergrad. Mm-mm, you didn't. I remember you sneaking out of one room on my floor, getting signed out by somebody on another floor. I I remember all of this stuff. Now you got. Now you've arrived. Now you got ethics and value. Now you're willing to cancel somebody out who's doing the same thing you were doing. But oh, well, you know, she's an entertainer. She's not supposed to live her life, learn how life works, because you had to figure it out at the age of eighteen. So. Because she's a celebrity, she's supposed to have it figured out. At and you and you were able to do it behind closed doors. Yeah, you were able. Well, well, you know, <laughs> there was a door. Whether you closed, chose to close it or not, that's 
that's up to you right and so putting a lot into perspective so i don't really engage in a lot of conversations with certain people right going back to what i said everyone's not qualified to get feedback um and so, yeah, I will remove myself from the conversation or if I can't, I just don't engage in the conversation because what we're not fit to do is act like you're sitting on the right hand of God judging everybody else, right? Like you, you, when we can have the conversation around the behaviors of individuals who are um, encouraging the cancel culture conversation to continue, but ultimately you got to ask yourself, am I in a place and space to where I can evaluate anybody else's life. I think that's what it really comes down to, Brother Jay. You know, people think that they are, um, everybody has an expert opinion. Yeah. But they are not necessarily experts. They got, you, you, what, what's missing from the experts is the experience. (laughs) Expertise. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, you're missing some stuff there yeah bro. man yeah I, but I just think I think that's it's it's always um the argument around sports greatness kind of sparks it off but I think we have that same level of behavior same kind of behavior towards anything especially when it comes down uh to black excellence man mm-hmm. and you know I ain't, I ain't gonna let nobody I ain't gonna let nobody uh put a cloud over black excellence especially in the month of February brother especially Jay. in the month of February especially in the month of February man you know I'm a, I'm everything black 365 but what you're not gonna do in the month of February is waste time uh you know kicking somebody off of their level of greatness mountain or hill that they own let every let, let people be great man Hey, just because Prince was shining, Michael didn't shine any less. You notice that, that, right? That part. You notice that, right? Like they, they think about rap, rap beefs, brother Jay. Nas and Nas and Jay Z, arguably two of the top greatest rappers of all time, had rap beef. And the reason they had rap beef because they recognized the greatness of each other. Yeah. And then, and and, it, it, and they thought that it threatened the greatness in them. And then they realized that yo, I could still be dope. And it's going to be people that's consider me doper than you. And it's people that consider you doper than me. But man, impressive that I'm part of that conversation of being the dopest, greatest alive. Yeah. And, and bro, most of that was fueled by people that was around them. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't the artists. You know it was not the artists. It was the people that are around them. And we can have that conversation on another day. Yeah. But like, had they had better people around them, Imagine what could have been created or produced by them. It's the Biggie, it's the Biggie Tupac piece, man. Yeah. If they had people, if they had people around you, things probably would have ended up differently. And everybody, everybody could be great. Like we we pit ourselves, we pit ourselves against each other a lot of times. Absolutely. Most of the time. Yeah. You know, and but I, I, I just don't, I just don't like to see it when a black man's reputation gets sullied in a in, in a conversation where they done nothing but be uh, exemplary. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Like, like we we ain't talking like LeBron James went out and and beat on his wife. Who man, shout out to his wife for helping him maintain that level of excellence for twenty some years. Because you don't you don't achieve that without real people in your camp, man. Yep. Shout yep. out to his wife and his children and his, and, his, and his people. But, you know, it ain't like we talking about him going out, abusing his wife or blowing money or 
being a bad role model. We talking about him having fewer championships and saying that, nah, man, his career is nothing. <laughs> Cause Michael Jordan is the best, <laughs> had the best career. He ain't got no rings though. He ain't, he ain't, he ain't, I mean, Mike, Mike had six, blah, blah, blah. He had no rings though. And it's we just like- to do that, man. Okay. <laughs> But, but then that also goes back to the comparison of material things, right? Like you're not wealthy until you can, you know, you show up show in a it. car that everybody else can't afford. Not knowing that you can't afford it either, but another conversation for another day. You can like the million worth of ga- million dollars worth of game podcast. And you can like the game recognized game podcast <laughs> with R and J and Kev, man. You can like both. It's okay. It's okay, man. It's okay, you know. You can you can be you can be great at whatever you do, and it could be multiple seats at that said table. Yes, sir. And um, in honor of Black History Month and all of the Black excellence and dopeness is going out, man. Shout out one more time to Pat Mahomes and Jalen Hurts, though, who put on an absolute show, and people thought that you couldn't win a Super Bowl without a black quarterback, you know, with, with a black quarterback. And uh, since Doug Williams performance with the Washington football team many, many years ago. We keep just proving people wrong, man. Proving people wrong. And so um, with that being said, man, continue to be light, be great. But before you have an opinion, be an expert first. That part. (laughs) That's all I I got on that note, but you know, be light, be light. Be light.